Welcome to Prodigal and the Priest, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. I'm Joey Scancella, joined by my co-host and friend, Father Paul Bechter. How are you doing, Father Paul? Doing good today, Joey. How are you doing? Awesome. You do anything fun this weekend? Well, we had public mass. Oh. That was pretty fun. That was fun. And then I played golf, and it was 108 heat (laughs) index, and I took like an hour and a half nap afterwards because I was wiped out. Nice. But it was great. Worth it. It was... It was hot. It's yeah, been hot. It's real hot. Like anybody who doesn't live in Texas who listens to this, summer is brutal. Mm. Yeah. And it's not even like we can say it's a dry heat. No, it's not. It's, it's not at all. It's not a dry heat. It's a it's humidity. Like Arizona or something. Yeah, no. And even then, 117, is hot. It's real hot. <laughs> yeah. Not fun. Didn't something happen to your golf shoes? Yes, it was so hot that the glue melted uh, that holds the sole on my golf shoes. And so by the third or fourth hole on my left foot, the sole fell off completely. And then I tore the right one off the rest of the way. And I played basically in moccasins and these like <laughs> golf shoes that were the, the rubber sole, like the whole thing fell off and there was just nothing. And I was sliding around and... Trying not to step on like scorpions or whatever's oh out my there. Gosh. Um, I'm dying. But I finished the round. It was awesome. Um, so funny. Didn't play that well, but I played through it. Blame it on the shoes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Ready yeah. to make excuse. Exactly, exactly. Well, I thought it'd be a fun topic in, in light of uh, recent events in the NFL. Um, for those who know him or don't know him, Patrick Mahomes, okay, Super Bowl MVP and former MVP of the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Actually, Texas boy, grew up mm-hmm. in Tyler, Texas, and then went to high school, what does it say here, in White House, Texas? So that's near Tyler, Texas, okay? Shout out East Texas. Yep, shout out East Texas. He just got a new contract. You know how much? Man, I forget. It was like 500-something million dollars, 160-something yeah. guaranteed. 502.631 million dollars over the next 10 years 10 years 10 years yeah largest sports contract of all time largest sports contract of all time and he's guaranteed 141.428 million Mm -hmm. in guarantees over 12 years so he could get hurt tomorrow and never play again and have 142.381 yeah, $141.428 million. Crazy. You don't need to correct me on that. I absolutely <laughs> need to, yes. I can just pretend uh, like I remembered all no, that. No, 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 no. Actually, ESPN did this great graphic. Um, uh, it's on their Twitter. Um, they broke it down mm-hmm. by, like, minute and second how much he mm. makes. So, like, 10 years, 503 million. One year, 50.3 million. One day, a hundred and thirty-seven thousand eight hundred and eight dollars. One hour, he makes five thousand seven hundred and forty-two dollars. One minute, he makes ninety-six dollars, and one second, he makes a dollar sixty. What would our salaries be <laughs> <laughs> per minute? Per minute. <laughs> and my phone just fell off my. My case here. So if you're watching on YouTube, enjoy that. Yeah. Pat Mahomes, if you're listening, 
Can you at least buy Joey a better phone stand? That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's already happened like three times. It's already happened three times. <laughs> um, it only costs you like 45 seconds yeah. of your salary over the next 12 years. Not even 45 seconds of his salary, but for sure. Okay. So I got the phone back until it falls again. Here we go. Um, so I thought this brings up an interesting topic, like on multiple levels. First off, you get that much money. What would you do just for fun? Like you, I guess as a priest or you as a human being, you know, mm. what are like, what are bucket list things you're going to get? Man, I would probably reserve the next flight into space on the spacex rocket i'll just blow it all on that i don't know how much that costs really i think space is really cool space is cool i mean or i would give it all to the poor <laughs> those are two <laughs> those are two very different options all to the poor or <laughs> or flight to fly space. into space for like eight <laughs> hours and that's it um you wouldn't like be like i'm gonna figure out a way to go like play the masters or do all those golf things yeah i mean i'd probably say i'd get my i get my golf clubs regripped because it's been about 10 years um so you spend about 100 bucks oh probably not even that <laughs> <laughs> it's really just the driver that needs it yeah playing the the famous golf courses be, would be cool maybe i could like book the whole course so that no one else was on there mm. and then i could just claim i got a bunch of holes in ones while i was out there and no one would know yeah that'd be cool me and my wife have always talked about like if we won the lottery or, or anything like that, um, which we don't buy lottery tickets, so <laughs> we're not going to win the lottery. But if we did, um, I would love to like one year post COVID go and go to every stadium, major league baseball stadium um, in a summer, see like one game at every stadium, travel, travel okay. and do that. Um for sure. Yeah, I definitely, I guess I would save some for my kids. Maybe. Yeah. I guess I would give some to the church. I guess, which brings <laughs> to a great topic. Awesome segue is, yeah, money, right? Tithing, church. I it's know. been an interesting topic, especially in our field over the last few months as mm. we went into this COVID time where a lot of parishes struggled financially. Mm-hmm. They didn't have e-giving set up. They didn't have a lot of different things that luckily St. Anne's had in place and, yeah. um, you know, are really struggling to get back. Um, right. And I know for me and a lot of my friends, it's interesting to look at this principle. We hear this word tithing. Mm -hmm. And most, I would argue to say most Catholics don't know the principle of tithing. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, tithing is something that you hear as like a, it seems pretty strong in Protestant congregations just in general. I don't know if that's true across the board, mm. but that there's this like expectation of tithing. This is just what you do. Right. Um, I think most Catholics have an understanding of when the basket comes around, you know, throw what you, what you got or something of what you got in your wallet in there. Which but, is really tough nowadays when you look at people like me, millennials, I mean... I'll put <laughs> you on the spot. Do you have any cash in your wallet right now? I do, but it's only because I lived in Europe for a long time and I had to pay with cash uh, everywhere. And they're also, they get not to get too off, too far off topic, but like in Rome, 
they go nuts if you try and pay with like a 50 euro bill for something that costs like four euros. They're so possessive of their change. And so you have to carry like all different denominations of change around with you. Nice. All the euro cents and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I digress. But, um, so so I'm, but still in the habit. Yeah. I'm still in the habit of carrying cash in my wallet. But I think most people don't. No, it I bulks mean, up. Why would you? Yeah, exactly. For the longest time, if my mom's listening to this, she'll be mad because she always taught us to keep an emergency 20 in our wallet just in case something yeah. happens. I guess you run out of gas or I, I do that know. as well. Yeah. So, but I rarely have that because I'll spend that emergency 20 on something important like going to Costco. Or like cherry limeades from Sonic, Sonic, anything. (laughs) So, you know, like, yeah. So most millennials, people we're talking about uh, really honestly saying 40 and under don't a lot carry cash. Yeah. So what do you do? You know? And so when we look at this principle, um, you know, what are some important things for the average person to know about tithing and where does it come from? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think, Okay, this might be taking a step back a little too far, um, but we do have a tendency sometimes to like over-spiritualize our faith and right. be like, you know, my faith is, in, and we know what it is, it's our relationship with God and all this, but not to extend it to every part of our lives right. or, or to think that something as secular, right, as, as profane as opposed to sacred, um, as money doesn't doesn't really play into it. Right. Um, but that's that's really not what we see in the scriptures at all. That's not what we see in the history of the church. That's not what we see in the practice of almsgiving. But tithing in particular in the scriptures goes all the way back to Genesis. You have Abraham giving to Melchizedek a tithe of 10%. And then you have uh, another one in Genesis 28. I forget who it is, Isaac, doing something or other. Given a tithe. That was the best <laughs> biblical summary I've ever heard. We're talking to the biblical scholar it's right a here. little off the cuff, right? And then uh, I know in Numbers, after you have the, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, right? You have to have, you know, Israel first mm-hmm. before you can have the 12 tribes, the right. 12 sons. Um, and the Levite tribe being set apart, um, it's very clear in Numbers that... Um, they are to receive ten percent uh, from the other tithe from the other tribes mm-hmm. um, to support them, and that within the Levite tribe you have the Aaronic priesthood, not right. ironic, but the priesthood of Aaron. Mm. Um, ironic, a Aaronic, and a Aaron, and um, and a ten percent of the ten percent that comes to the Levites actually went to the priests of Aaron. Mm. Um, and so that's something that's very early on in sort of the the Old Testament and is taken up um, throughout. And even Micah, I think it's in Micah 4, where uh, he actually like goes on a full-on like chastisement. Hmm. Um, actually, it's a, it's a passage worth reading. Um, I can look it up real quick. And why you do that? It's not I'll... Micah, it's Malachi. There you go. Yeah, here we go. I got, I got right here. We're leading the flock astray. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic Bible study. <laughs> Starts with an M. It's in the Minor Prophets. I was just teaching about the Minor Prophets. I should know better. Okay. So it says uh, in Malachi 3, verse 7 and following, Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Right? Um, 
But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? It's going back and forth. In your tithes and offerings. So it even mentions it there. Right. Like that's part of the religious duty. We don't like that word duty. But like of, of what we owe God is giving him our first fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the biblical mindset. And then it carries on like very clearly into the New Testament. Um, and when Jesus rebukes the Pharisees and the scribes um, for offering tithes, he's not doing it because tithes and all these different types of sacrifices are wrong. He's doing, he's saying like, you're only doing the externals and Mm -hmm. you don't have an internal conversion going on. Um, But he's presupposing that offering this 10% tithe, by the way, comes from the Hebrew word ma'aser, um, which has to do with the word 10 in Hebrew. Right. Um, or dekatos in Greek, um, which also deka, we have that taken up into European languages, so we have that same kind of thing. Um, and we actually hear decathlon. that word in scripture, though, right? Do we actually hear the word tithe, 10%? Because yeah. that is often yeah, yeah. a question. Okay. Yeah, that word so, dekatos. Okay, so um, yeah, people often say, well, did he really say 10%? Yeah, it says a tenth, <laughs> there which you is go. what tithe comes from in English. Hot take. You heard it here. Prodigal and priest. Take that, everybody. What's up? Got all my references wrong. But But we got that right. So trust us. Trust us. Um, What would you say to the person, though? I encounter two two people, um, two types of people. Excuse me. Your two friends. My two friends. No, my two types of people. One is a lot that get hung up on like, well, there wasn't social security back then and withholding and this and that. And so which do I pay the 10% on the gross or this or that, you know, like what I'm getting, you know, what do you say to them? It's like, man, I don't know. One of them. (laughs) Um, No, it seems to me that like, that like to get caught up in that, that's an important thing to, to be able to answer that question. Right. But to get hung up on that is to miss the point. Right. Um, yeah, because most of the time those people aren't paying either. <laughs> They're not doing 10% on the lower amount either. They're just like, yeah, I don't know. I'll right. figure it, it out. It sounds a little bit like using it as an excuse. Yeah. Um, and I would say, yeah, like withholding. I'm kind of new to this concept of withholding because I have a salary now this year for the first time. Welcome to uh, adulthood. In a long, <laughs> in a long time. Paul. I've been a student forever. Um, and so like I finally have a W-2 and have to deal with uh, federal withholding and stuff. Um but, like, yeah, it, it makes sense. Pay 10% on what you get, what, what you actually have after taxes. Like, the, that's, that's fine. Right. Whatever. But it's, it seems like it's the intention of it that really matters, right, in, in this case. Not, not to say, like, you know, whatever I give, I give with the best intention. But, um, yeah, if, if, that's, if you, that's your hang-up about tithing, right? Is it before or after taxes? Um, it's not a good hang-up. Yeah, it's it's not a good hang-up. Um, so, oh, look, I mentioned religious duty, right? And that's something that we really don't like to hear. It just sounds harsh to say it. That's part of it. But the spiritual good in tithing is actually quite enormous. It's, it's very freeing um, yeah. to be able to give your first fruits, right? To give this over in faith. That God will take care of you. Yeah. It's and it's scary. Yeah, it's it's very scary. And that's kind of the point. Um, to recognize right. that like we easily make money into a false idol and put all our trust in it. Right. And into saving up money. Um, 
which will save us when things go bad. And right. it's not to say money's not important or we shouldn't be prudent with it or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. Obviously it is. But we have to fight against that tendency to make idols and the practice of tithing as well as the practice of almsgiving, which is different, right? Almsgiving is giving to the poor. Um, mm. That's something distinct from good, the tithe. Good distinction. Um, like those are... <laughs> Those are our antidotes against its tendency to make idols out of mammon, right? Money. Yeah. Um, and it, it takes faith. It is scary. But to give like that is actually very freeing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've been, I've been amazed as a lay church worker over the years. Um, when I look back at every, every time when my wife and I were faced with financial burden um, or some type of unexpected thing. Um, amazing to see the blessings and the generosity that flowed in that we never expected. You know, I think about it when, when our daughter died, you know, some friends literally started a GoFundMe that raised money to pay for her funeral, you know? Um, like the Lord provided in this abundant way. And so, um, you know, I'm I'm here as personal testament testament to say, you know, that's the case. I've seen it. I believe in it. Mm-hmm. It's still tough. Yeah, it's still really hard. It's tough every single time. You can, every single you can, time you can finally be like, oh yeah, I actually did it. Like you know what, I I really took that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't get that much easier the next right? time. Like it takes a long time to build up a habit like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so yeah. where do you start? Somebody here is listening, yeah, and maybe they've just given, uh, you know, kind of two scenarios. They've given just a set amount for all these years, right, mm. and never really looked at it. They're like, ah, oh, this is fair. This is enough. Or somebody that I rarely give. I'll toss in a dollar when I'm there or five bucks. It's, it's very sporadic. What do you say to those people? Where, where, do, where do they start? I think you have to start in prayer. With these kind of things. Absolutely. Um, like it sounds like an easy answer for a priest to say, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, like the, uh, cliche. Always, okay. always circle number C. Um, no, but you really have to. And maybe even to pray with, again, being a Catholic, I don't know exactly what <laughs> chapter it is. But with Jesus walking on the water mm-hmm. um, and Peter stepping out in faith. Right. To pray with a passage like that and to really ask God, like, what are you asking of me right now? Right. I want to be generous. I'm trying to figure out how. Um, I'm a little scared, kind of a lot scared if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, and just to find, and then like this is this is something I'll advise people quite a lot. It was the advice of St. Francis de Sales, and I think it's excellent. Um, his advice when you go to prayer is to always make a resolution uh, so that you can put into practice the fruits of that prayer. Mm. Um, and that resolution doesn't have to be huge. But just to be able to, to, like Peter, take another step towards Jesus on the water. And so if you're not sure where to start, like starting small is okay. Right. You're taking a step. Um, right. And you're working your way up. And, you know, Jesus says to, to Peter, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? That's everybody. Right. Um, but the only way to grow in faith is to, to keep stepping out and asking God for an increase of faith. It's a gift. Right. Yeah, I grew up seeing my parents every week putting, uh, you know, envelopes in um, the basket or letting us as little kids do it. And and even that, though, didn't trigger in me until a certain part after college to say, oh, yeah, this is my duty, right? Um, and I had to start small. And so to those two groups, the one that you're not doing it at all, 
start small. You know, they they might have a harder time getting up to 10% right away, but work up to what they can do, right? To the other group, though, I would say, and, and you mentioned it in kind of our pre-conversation talk, the tithe is a biblical minimum, right? Right. I mean... Yeah, it sounds... It sounds like really crazy. Right. Um, but it's it's not. Like the Bible challenges us. It's God's word meant to transform us. Yeah. Um, and Inspired by the Holy Spirit yeah. to like take our hearts of stone and make them <laughs> hearts of flesh. Exactly. And so like if you're hearing those words like, okay, that sounds like 10, 10% was, was hard enough. But like to say that's the minimum just sounds like you're being ridiculous now. Like, right. This is the this is the expected minimum mm-hmm. um, in the biblical mindset. It just is, and I find that challenging. Yeah, and I don't have any dependence, right? Yeah, there, there's a there's a um, a temptation I think for priests to be like, oh, we don't need to tithe because you know we're just um, I tithe my life to the church. That's right. Yeah. Something to, ridiculous to, like that. No, I'm but, just kidding. <laughs> no, but a lot of people, yeah. not just priests, actually, a lot of Youth people minister, can be... Uh, yeah, ministers, yeah, everybody. I yeah. give all my time or I give all, you know, my talents or whatever, so, you know, that makes up for not giving the treasure, but... Right. Um, but, yeah, priests can really fall into that, and it hit me in seminary after a while. I had kind of that moment of like, oh, I'm, I'm adulting now. Like, I need to... Like, this right. is... This is... This is a... A duty and that's not a bad way to think of it this is right. something that is required of me and it's for my own good spiritually that it is right um as well as for the 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 upkeep and the maintenance and the mission and all the things that right. it actually goes to fund um yeah those dependents are rough i'll tell you that <laughs> before breakfast dominic ate today a sleeve of graham crackers. Okay, an entire sleeve of graham, cra- graham crackers. And oh, like animal crackers? No, like, you know, the ones you make, like, oh, s'mores. s'mores. Yeah, yeah. Like, the okay. whole sleeve, though. Like, the pack. Like, is the pack the same size as the box? Or are there multiple packs in a box? Multiple packs in a okay, box. Okay, I'm not so impressed anymore. <laughs> All right. And then a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios and then was like, what's for breakfast? (laughs) Okay, I should let you finish your story. So there we go. Okay. So anyway, but yeah, so for those people, it is a thing of prayer. It is a thing of sacrifice. It is a thing of of talking to the Lord about it, right? Really discerning it, really being able to um, make an act of sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough. It's not easy. Yeah, it's not. Um, but neither is being a disciple of Christ. Absolutely. Right? But yeah. it's it's worth everything. That's what he said, right? The the parable of the the dude who goes and uh, finds the treasure, buried treasure, buried treasure mm-hmm. man in the parable. Yeah, <laughs> goes and y'all are getting like the pre-polished for public uh, consumption, like <laughs> homily thoughts. But yeah, um, like he finds this treasure. And when he recognizes what it is, he actually goes and sells everything he has. Yeah. After he after he hides it in the field, and he's like, "Please, no one else find this, please." Right. Um. So that he can so that he can have that treasure because it is worth it, and that's what friendship with Christ is like. It demands everything of us at some point. Right. Um. And that can be a very painful process. Mm-hmm. Um. And sometimes we can say, "Well, you know, not that aspect of my life." Right. Um, but, like, he's the pearl of great price. Um, that that friendship is what we're made for. 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, when Pat Mahomes has $503 million, <laughs> you think he's going to tie 50 mil? <laughs> oh, wait, that's that's pre-tax. So it'll probably be oh, yeah, a little bit less. post-tax, it'll be like Do you think we can $85. get him to be a parishioner of seniors? <laughs> please, 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 please. Please. Um, um, no, I, yeah, I just think it's... That puts a lot of responsibility on him, right? Like, I mean, there is something to that that like... There's a little bit of blessing like for you as a so priest much. and me as a youth minister to say like, you know, yeah, like we have a certain reality that we're like, we want to be able to give this much. We want to be able to do this. But yeah, the there's a reason that it says, right, a harder for a rich man to pass through the, uh, to yeah. enter heaven than for a camel, camel to, to pass through, through the eye of a needle, right? Yeah. I mean, there's something to that. What do you do? Like when God says, hey, hey, Patty Mahomes, you had 503 yeah, I million. Gave you everything everything what right? did you do you with had it? everything it was a gift you are now a steward right you've received all the talents you have all the talents <laughs> um so how have you used them that's pretty scary like i'm kind of glad i'm not pat mahomes yeah kind of though kind of i mean i don't know it'd be a- cool asterisk on that statement yeah yeah <laughs> also do you think god will like go nicknames he'll be like hey joe joe <laughs> yeah that's me by the way like if somebody called oh, okay. me Jojo, like I we'll, didn't, didn't know what you're talking. Anyway, about. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll go on another episode <laughs> with that. So, uh, we'll bringing us to our closing here for uh, Prodigal and the Priest. Uh, what you watching? What you reading? What you thinking? Mm. Yeah. What you got? Whew. I know it's. Mm. You know what? I'm thinking I am so grateful to have in-person public mass on Sundays. Mm. Like it, I I have had the gift and the responsibility of saying mass every day, all throughout, even, even if there weren't people there, but saying mass for the sake of the people and for the world. Like that's part of what it is to be a priest. We're not absolutely required to do it, but strongly encouraged in as strong a terms as possible. Right. Um, without requiring it to say mass every day. And so that's been a great gift um, for me. And I thought, you know, I might not feel it as much as other people who haven't been to mass in a long time. Right. But I really felt it on Sunday. Yeah. Like I really did. That was, was an great. awesome day. Praise um, God. Yeah. Praise God. So that's what I'm thinking. What am I reading? I'm reading a book, a book called sin, a history. I don't know if I mentioned this before. It's and awesome. literally, it just says Adam and Eve. And then you close the book. Yeah. It's, it's, very That's quick. Yeah. Um, I think I saw it on your table once in yeah. your house. It's like black cover. Yeah, black cover, <laughs> of course. red font, but it's elegant red font. Ah. It's sin, colon, a history. It's fantastic. It has a lot to do with tithing, actually. Really? <laughs> well, there's a spinoff from that book by the same author. Like, as he did his research on the concept of sin in the Bible, uh, which begins as this, like, not not just the concept, but the the imaginary apparatus, like the the image metaphors that you're using, uh, starts as a burden, moves to the concept of a debt by the time you get to the New Testament. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those mm. who are in debt to us. Um, even though that's not the normal version of the Our Father we know, like when you start looking at the Greek, you end up with stuff more like that. Absolutely. Um, so the imagery there, like he started off on this project, Gary Anderson's the author of the book, um, and... He starts tracing his way through, but it opens up into this whole study on the biblical practice of almsgiving. 
Um, and it's fascinating. I've already read that book. So I started with like the sequel and now I'm going back to the prequel hmm. or the original. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two fantastic books. Uh, that's what I'm reading. I don't know what I'm watching right now. I'm not really watching anything. I know it's a lame answer. Uh, yeah. I watched some highlights of, well, highlights of it, LeBron and Anthony Davis <laughs> working out the other day, like just doing dunks and stuff. And it was like, this has so obviously been edited to take out all the times they missed. It, it's like a it's like a highlight reel that you would send in as like a high schooler right. to your prospective colleges or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, watching, reading, thinking, uh, watching. So we watched with the kids this weekend. Floor is lava. It's on Netflix. I have seen part of one episode of that. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's I like ridiculous. I want to be. I want to convince <laughs> Netflix. If, you're probably listening to this podcast, but if you're not. We need somebody. We need an in people. Okay. We want to get me, Father Paul, and somebody else on this show. It would be like the clergy team or something like that, even though I'm not really clergy, but whatever. Father I, Kevin Wilward. Oh, Father Kevin. Yes. Father Kevin Wilward and Father Shout Paul out. and me. We'll, we'll like bearded men or something. We'll be the team. And. Floor is Lava, people. If you haven't seen it, it's a good, wholesome family show where literally. There's a pretend floor that is like water that looks like lava that they have to get across all different types of rooms that are set up as dining rooms or bedrooms or kitchens or different things. And there are adult people just (laughs) hardcore eating it, like just like falling hard. And I am a little kid and laugh so hard. My kids watched an episode that I had to go to work and I couldn't finish I came home after they were asleep and I turned it on to finish the episode. And because of that, I have not been reading a book. (laughs) (laughs) Nice out. So what are you reading? (laughs) Nothing because I'm watching floor is lava, but I promise I'll have something next time. And then what are you thinking is I have a mouse in my backyard or a rat or both. And I've glued traps. I've like, you know, that use those glue traps, not a, you know, the chomper traps. I've put bait. I have a company. I just can't. There. This can't is get an all out war. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I'm like rethinking. I want in. Yes. I want Great. in on this. Let's, let's get in because I, I don't out. really understand the purpose that God put like mice or rats on the earth. Food for owls. <laughs> there you go. And well, foxes. If we only had foxes and owls in Coppell, Texas, that would be great. So um, that's it for this episode. Um, we've enjoyed so much uh, being here with y'all. And uh, hopefully that you guys can take some time to pray about, um, you know, and us too, to pray about what the yeah. Lord is calling us to respond to. And if we run into Pat Mahomes, hopefully say, hey, can you toss me a bill or two? This is uh, Joey Scansell and Father Paul Bechter for Prodigal and the Priest. Take care. God bless.